Welcome to our eighth episode of Bruin Success, where we talk to UCLA alumni and discover the many paths to success beyond UCLA. I'm your host, Katie Russo, and today I'm excited to be joined by JJ Lee, who works as program manager and associate principal scientist at L'Oreal Technology Incubator. At L'Oreal's Technology Incubator, they create programs and technology-driven devices and products to offer consumers more personalized products. She recently helped launch Color & Co, a personalized hair color service delivered to your door. Today, she's working on a new project for Clarisonic skincare devices. JJ graduated from UCLA in 2013 with a degree in computational and systems biology. In hopes to understand more about cosmetic testing and FDA regulation, she went on to earn an MS in biostatistics from Columbia University. As a true beauty trend and science enthusiast, JJ strives to innovate in both technology and cosmetics. You can usually find her on a plane in between Seattle, New York City, Paris, and San Francisco. JJ, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for coming back to campus today and taking the time to talk with us. Thank you so much, Katie. It's, it's an honor to be here. I'm very excited. So to kick us off, can you tell us a little bit more about um, the technology incubator at L'Oreal and what does a day in the life look like for you as program manager and associate principal scientist? Yeah, definitely. So um, L'Oreal's technology incubator is definitely a niche group uh, within our company. Um, we we all come from various backgrounds. So you can be an engineer, um, you can come from chemistry, we have some data scientists, um, as well as some digital marketers. Uh, so what we kind of do is we kind of find new ways to integrate technology with cosmetics. Um, for example, you've listed one of our previous uh, product launches, Color & Co. And it's essentially a personalized service um, in which we can bring colorists directly to the consumer. And based on your current hair profile and your current hair goals, we manufacture your own personalized hair color on demand. So traditionally you walk into a drugstore and you see a wall of faces of women you can't necessarily relate to. Yeah. And if you're a man, perhaps you're looking for a man that you can relate to on a box. And so what we do is we take out all those hair color box stereotypes and based on what you want, we give you a very personalized hair color dye that kind of can help you get towards your hair goals. Um, not only is it just a dye though, we actually give you a personalized program. So wow. based on your current hair um, condition, it requires not just a hair dye, but different processing times, uh, different developers, and based on all those variables, you can get a very different result. So we're, we're kind of there to um, provide the client some, something that is very unique to them. And traditionally in the hair color industry, they batch this in big bulks. And so we created a new flexible fill line um, to help make those unique units. So we do a lot of the engineering behind that. There's also some of the algorithms to compute, you know, your personalized hair right. color program. And we've done this in the past with not just hair color, but with foundation, okay. um, as well as uh, skincare serums. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. That's super cool. So what part of your job would you say is most challenging and what is most exciting for you about this work? Yeah, so it's definitely changes day to day. As a program manager, so that term can be quite vague, right? It really depends <laughs> yeah. on what company you're working for. Uh, but I, at L'Oreal, work cross-functionally amongst marketers, um, chemists uh, in the labs because our labs are in-house. Okay. Um, we also work with operations. It definitely takes a village 
village to build out these programs. So I kind of serve as a communication liaison between all these different groups. So I'm constantly have my ear to the floor, (laughs) talking to everyone every single day, um, just about, you know, where they currently are in the project and where are the gaps and opportunities Mm -hmm. in which we can uh, make the process more efficient, just so that we keep on a regiment um, timeline and, and make the product as we had anticipated. So it's a, it's a lot of communication cross-functionally and understanding all the different uh, lexicon between the different groups, whether you're an engineer or a marketer. Um, So it's a lot of communication and also like traveling from different sites to sites as we're not all based in just one localized area. Okay, right. So can you tell us a little bit more about um, your professional trajectory so far? So Thinking back, how did you go from UCLA student um, to your role at L'Oreal today? And maybe what were some of the most pivotal moments kind of along that journey so far? Yeah, I think it wasn't exactly a very straight shot, that's for sure. So I studied computational systems biology at UCLA, which probably many of you guys don't even know what major that is, because when I was there, there were maybe five of us. I graduated with maybe five people in my major. I'm not even kidding. We had this like cafeteria room and people like sang and danced where like, let's say at your, you know, traditional engineering department, there's like hundreds and hundreds of people. We had a little room and our families could come and dine and like celebrate our graduation. So that was kind of an interesting major. But I will say, um, because I took kind of uh, a nuanced, a very niche major, I had a lot of flexibility in what Mm. I wanted to study and what I wanted to do. So um, I studied, I focused a lot in like math, science, physics, um, but because I still had a strong passion for beauty and fashion, and I was in Los Angeles, which has endless opportunity for this industry, I interned a lot in fashion and beauty internships, and my major allowed me to do that. Um, They also allowed me to apply uh, my math skills in maybe new ways that aren't as traditional. Um, So I, for example, with my backing in math, applied mathematical models to um, some projects that involved actually beauty and fashion which is kind of, it's kind of different. So I took advantage of definitely being in in UCLA and like being in that city. And so I did internships uh, here at um, the Reformation when it was rather new and in downtown LA. Um, And they're a sustainable clothing line for those that aren't familiar with them. And I also interned at Rachel Zoe while doing a a wet lab internship at the orthopedics hospital at USC. And so I was like in a lab and then one day I would be like working at Rachel Zoe's product development office and it was kind of a diverse a diverse setting. But uh, I will say that there are definitely some pivotal moments here at UCLA that kind of put me on this path. And one of them being, I think it's called the USIE program. My apologies if I butchered it. But um, essentially, they allow students to teach their own programs. And so um, at the time, I was uh, the president of the Fast Fashion Club. Um, and I remember a lot of people coming up to me being like, wow, you're a designer, but you are a South campus major. Mm. How do you do that? And I had so many friends from my South campus, um, side asking me about how I could like design. And so I was like, let's start a class around this. There's so many people who are interested. Let's, let's, let's start something. 
So I remember hearing about the USIE program here at UCLA, and I went to Deborah Landis, who did costume, who heads like costume design okay. at North Campus, yeah. and we created a curriculum um, around teaching students how to design from ideation to early pattern making. Uh-huh. And so um, I led a class uh, so cool. at UCLA um, and facilitated that facilitated that with Deborah, and I would say at that moment I'm like wow you know if there's no opportunity that exists right now there's there's definitely ways in which you can create it for yourself yeah um and I remember uh, another moment in which um Elaine Welteroth so she at the time was the beauty director at Teen Vogue and okay. I'd flown to New York to see her talk um And I remember her saying that at the talk is, you know, maybe the opportunity isn't as evident. And if it's not, ask yourself why and if there's a way that you can challenge that. Mm. And so I really took that with me um, back here at UCLA. And I ended up interning with Elaine later that summer as well at Teen Vogue. That's super cool. And that's such great advice. Like you said, finding, you know, if it's not out there already, like finding ways that you can make something like that happen or utilize your network to create that opportunity for yourself. Yeah, definitely. And UCLA fosters that. There's so many opportunities here to start a club, Yeah. to start a class. Um, I mean, just walk in between North Campus and South South Campus and there's opportunity on Bruin Walk even. Totally. It's just like taking advantage of your campus. Absolutely. So um, you kind of have, have hinted at this a little bit already, but um, the fashion and beauty industry is one of those that I think many are curious about, you know, pursuing careers in, but are really unsure of how to get started. What advice would you give to those who are exploring careers in fashion and beauty on how to start getting some of that initial experience and in breaking into that industry? Uh, definitely. Um, so I would definitely talk to people who are already in the n- industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's actually today very accessible. LinkedIn makes that super easy to reach out to people, um, especially for an informational. There's definitely no harm in asking for an informational. In fact, I usually try to take a call um, from from an interest, uh, a person interested in working in the field once a month. And so I definitely recommend, you know, reaching out to people who you see have are on a career path that you might be interested in. Yeah. Um, at the same time, as I mentioned, taking advantage of what your local community has to offer. So here in Los Angeles, there's a lot of opportunity to work in fashion and beauty. Definitely. So don't be afraid to just walk off of campus and look look for jobs and internships yeah. um, that are close by. Uh, if you can't do that, then look for opportunities here on campus. Um, and then also networking is super key. Uh, I got my first job uh, or my first internship uh, kind of really focused in like fashion when I went to the Teen Vogue panel. Um, And then through that also got the Rachel Zoe internship through another friend here on campus. So I would say definitely networking is key, um, whether that's through LinkedIn or even just talking to your co- your cohorts here. Yeah. Um, there's so many people, there's so many diverse people here at UCLA. Uh, and it's interesting because I've, I've made friends who come from other universities. And of course, I'm biased. <laughs> and maybe everyone else is biased who's listening to this podcast yeah. now. But I mean, UCLA has such a diverse population of students. And that's truly unique. Um, so I mean, take advantage of everyone here. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Go talk to them, North Campus or South Campus. Yeah. No, that's that's great advice. Um, so I think it's really fascinating to hear kind of how your work blends 
beauty and technology and science together to create these innovative products and programs for consumers. Um, how have you been able to kind of intertwine these interests um, in your career? Yeah, so I, I don't think it was quite obvious at first, I'll say that. So I remember graduating and just loving fashion, but still feeling an itch to uh, maintain my science background. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I got my first job at Sephora, um, which the team there that I worked for then became Kendo Brands. So I worked in product development uh, for Marc Jacobs Beauty, Kat Von D, oh. Formula X, wow. uh, specializing in formulation. And I remember beauty being the perfect bridge between science and fashion, yeah. um, just because there's so much science involved in skincare and formulating all of these products. Um, from there, I also had the opportunity to kind of understand more about cosmetic testing. Mm. And I remember doing product development at the time, it was mainly more focused on like the high level trends. And I wanted to get back into the, you know, the, the nitty gritty down and dirty, like math and sciences. Sure. So I ended up going for my graduate degree at Columbia, uh, to understand more about cl clinical trials. So I got a master's in biostatistics at Columbia University. And I remember when I was studying uh, biostatistics, a lot of my cohorts decided to do internships um, at biotech companies. Oh, and I remember okay. being like, I, you know, I really want to stick to my love for beauty. Mm -hmm. So is there a way that I can apply these like statistics that I learned in class um, in a cosmetic setting? And I ended up interning at Cody, um, kind of finding new ways to use the statistics that I learned in class to come to conclusions, uh, marketing conclusions uh, for cosmetics, in which we can use the math to basically valorize the claims that we were making on our products. Um, so I would say that there's always, maybe if it's not obvious to like certain links between two industries, there's always a common thread mm -hmm. somehow between the worlds. And then it's capitalizing on that common thread and then making it part of your day to day. Um, I would say that was kind of a, a an interesting way to bridge those two worlds, which mm -hmm. is finding that commonality yeah. and math being one of the main right. bridges between those two worlds. Yeah. So taking kind of that exact that thought there, um, given nowadays people have so many different kind of hobbies and interests that they enjoy, what what are some tips that you would give to those who want you know? are looking to find work that kind of fills more than one bucket like you have? Definitely networking is key. Trying everything. Because I could say, you know, it, you won't work a day in your life if you love it and you're passionate. <laughs> well, what if you don't know what you're passionate about? Yeah. And a lot of people, I, I mean, a lot of my friends that I've talked to, they've always been really nice and, and they've told me, you know what, it's awesome that you work in something so passionate about. I wish I knew what I mm. was passionate about. And I would say that, you know, if you don't necessarily know exactly what you want to do, you have to try everything totally. or, tr or at least try to put some time into trying new things. Mm -hmm. put, put yourself in an uncomfortable situation in which you're trying something new. Um, I would say that that has been the most, um, you know, beneficial thing in my life is where I've always put myself in situations in which I felt uncomfortable mm. and through that I've learned something about myself. So mm. whether that's moving across the United States when I've only been, you know, living, born and raised in California, mm. um, I'm from Northern California, went to UCLA obviously. Right. And so I remember being like, I'm going to take a leap of faith 
and move to New York, see if it's something that I mm-hmm. want. Um, and it definitely worked out in my favor. Um, I would just say stay uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Try new things until you find something that you're passionate about and see if you can make that your day-to-day. Yeah, I love that. That's that's really great insight. Um, and especially as we think about, right, like getting out of your comfort zone and like you said, figuring out the things that you don't like doing is just as valuable as finding those that you really love. Um, so since you graduated, um, you've obviously had a, a ton of different internships and experiences and have gone on to graduate school. Um, how have those experiences in your career so far shaped how you define success now? It's a really good question. In fact, when you told me the name of this podcast, Ruined Success, I was trying to think to myself, what does success mean to me? Mm, you were already at once of ahead. I, I, you know, I thought about this all night. Um, <laughs> I slept, but I remember being like, that is going to be an interesting question. So it's interesting because I struggle with the word success, I mm-hmm. think, because the moment I say it, I think long term. Like, I think, mm-hmm. what are all the steps that it takes to be a successful person? And immediately I go, long term. And that's hard because I get the most benefit from my immediate successes, Mm -hmm. from my day to day. So I think I put success in two different buckets. First and foremost, I put success like daily successes, and then I put long term success. And sometimes your daily successes can lead to a long term success, or sometimes they don't. Um, so since I've graduated, I would say that I, I'm not quite sure what my long-term success will look like, mm-hmm. um, but my day-to-day successes are meeting new people, um, creating new products, um, or just feeling inspired by, you know, what is it that consumers want and having the opportunity to work at a company in which I can do that. Um, I think also success changes from a day to day Mm -hmm. too. And so I remember when I just graduated and to me, success at that moment felt like working at a beauty company. And I did that. I worked at Sephora. Um, I thought that was an amazing, successful opportunity. Um, but since then, obviously it's changed quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say for me right now in this very moment, success is, as I said before, just having the opportunity to work in the beauty industry, Mm -hmm. find new commonalities between technology and cosmetics, and hopefully push the needle forward into innovation in the cosmetic industry. Um, It's also just building a community in New York City. When I moved there, I only knew one other person, and now I feel like I have a network of friends there. Um, So... I think success can change from a day to day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can ch- it can change, you know, week to week, month to month, and your long term goal definition of success can change because of all those in- right. immediate successes. Um, but for now, I would say that uh, just working in the cosmetic in- industry and having the opportunity to innovate has been a great opportunity for me. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I like the two buckets that you kind of put success in. Like you said, the, the short-term and the day-to-day wins and small victories, and then thinking about long-term and how that impacts future future goals or success for yourself. Um, well, we really enjoyed having you on the podcast today, and I really appreciated kind of learning more about your story and also just finding you know, I think it's really neat to see how you have taken math and science and are in the fashion and beauty world and been able to kind of combine those worlds. Um, And I think for me also, it's really neat to think about um, 
when you pick up a, a beauty product at the store or you're at Sephora, like you, you don't stop and think about all the science behind that or a skincare, a face wash and things like that. So your kind of journey has helped me think about, you know, next time I pick up one of those products, um, thinking about the people like you that are behind the scenes and spend so much time to put those products on the shelf. So thank you so much for coming back to campus and taking time to talk with us today. Thank you guys all so much. And definitely for those of you listening, feel free to reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm always available. Awesome. You've been listening to the Bruin Success Podcast. Our guest this week was JJ Lee of L'Oreal. You can find more information on her in the description of this episode. Follow Partnership UCLA Alumni Career Programs on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. If you enjoyed our podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, or share your appreciation on social media. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for more alumni interviews to come. This podcast was made possible by UCLA alumni.